there was a moment where all I wanted was my dad. And I remember screaming and crying and calling out for my dad. Working from home, right? So just quickly want to talk about uh, that. What? Is that, okay, are you a fan? Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Hello, Benny. Welcome to the Sisterhood of Mommy and Perfect. It's good to have you. If you're not quite sure what this is about, my name is Rena, aka Mommy and Perfect, and each and every week I delve into different aspects of womanhood with the help of my wonderful guests. So we keep it real here, raw, unfiltered girl chat. And that's not just because I can't be bothered to edit, it's because that's how we like it. In today's episode, um, this is something that we do at the end of each month, by the way. It's just to round up what's been going on out there in the big bad world over the last few weeks. It's TPP time, the power panel. And on the panel today are Romy and Gilleth. Hey, ladies. Hi. Hey. Are you ready for this? We have lots to discuss today. Yeah. Yeah, I think I am. So, yeah. Cool, because we've got daddy issues, how mystical things go mainstream whether women are missing out by working at home so quite a lot and let's get straight into it right so I want to talk about daddy issues first and the reason I'm talking about this is because a couple of things actually first is Will Smith's book Will by Will Smith it just came out it's his personal memoir and in it he revealed a lot about himself including quite a complicated relationship with his dad so it's influenced his life quite a lot um, and also Adele had a recent interview with Oprah and she did talk about like loads of different things you know her divorce her weight this and that but one of the things was she talked about her dad and she said that the biggest wound that she suffered as a child was the absolute lack of presence and effort from her father so she said I had absolutely zero expectations of anybody because I learned not to have them through my dad he was the reason I haven't fully accessed what it is to be in a loving relationship with somebody um and and then going back to will smith he basically talked about a, a terrible act of violence by his dad against his mom so he saw that he his dad punched his mom so hard that she collapsed i think he was about nine years old at the time um and you know he even said that when his dad was older and in a wheelchair he was caring for him he briefly contemplated pushing him down the stairs to avenge his mom now you know, there's a lot of pain there obviously so I just wanted to talk about that relationship with dads like how much influence do our dads have on our lives like direct what they might say to us things that they might teach us and then like indirect all those you know all those unsaid things and this is like if you have got a dad if you're lucky to have a dad in your life like what do you guys think I think it's a complicated one <laughs> yeah I think it's a complicated one because I think, um, despite what people say about mums being able to do it all, etc., and things like that, I think for a child to really have two parents present does make a difference. Now, whether it's whether a parent's not present because they passed away or for some other reason, that also makes a difference too, I think. Um, I think having a good role model in a father is important. Important. I think feeling secure or seeing it over and over again where I think feeling um, secure or being able to look up to somebody or having somebody to guide you or bounce things off as a parent is is important and females we might do that with our moms but with our dads I mean I can talk about obviously everyone knows well lots of people now do know what I went through but there was an instance well throughout those dad my dad's been in Kenya for a lot of that period when I was struggling and I couldn't say anything but when uh, everything came to the forefront there was a moment where all I wanted was my dad and I remember screaming and crying and calling out for my dad because what you think he, he's going to bring the table to the table, what you hope he's going to bring to the table is that strong figure where your mom might be falling apart, who is going to fight everybody else off. You, 
your dad's your hero. You know, you always want your dad to be your hero, whether he is or not, for lots of people, is a great big question mark, but you always want your dad to be your hero, right? Whether you're a guy or a girl, I think. I mean, that's the ideal, isn't it? That's the ideal that my dad's my hero. And there, there's uh, sometimes with people, there's a point in life where you're like, oh, my dad's just a human being, you know? Um, mm. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm actually quite close to my dad and and out of us three sisters, I'm probably the closest to my dad, um, you know? So there's varying degrees of, of closeness and uh, different relationships that we all have, but... I think I've hung around with my dad quite a lot and we've worked on like projects together and stuff and he's helped me out with things and like just you know a dad and and also I don't know like I feel like even even with that there's there's a certain point where you kind of you are aware of somebody's flaws um but then that doesn't mean that oh no it's all over my dad's a human being you know uh he's not a hero I don't think it means no that. I don't think and, and I, I think, think it's it means- okay and you can forgive people yeah. I don't think it means I don't think I mean that though I mean when you have a father figure Mm. you rely on those certain points in your life be your best or your worst where you just want them there either championing you or being a hero and Mm -hmm. you know you might not need them for lots of other things you might be okay you're okay with the flaws despite being flawed it doesn't mean they're still not they still can't be there for you nobody's perfect yeah well do we learn that but you know, at that deepest, horriblest moment, my instinct was to fall out from my dad, you know. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, it wasn't that long ago, which was three and a half years ago. But uh, I think it's important, and I think it does affect people when they've not had that. And the thing is, like you said, it's the ideal. As a child, you grow up with that as an ideal. Whether we should or shouldn't be conditioned or whether it's human nature to think that or feel that, I don't know. But you expect those closest to you, nearest to you, people that you think that you can always rely on to always be there for you and Mm. not let you down. Yeah. Um, Will's story as well, so I'm just going to point that out. At the end of the day, you know, these days with like snowflakes and you know what like flaky and all, all that stuff that we talk about right now and you, you see loads of videos where people like tease babies and kids with toys and a bit cruel and play with them and people are saying oh you're so cool you're so cool you're so cool um when you think of that child seeing you know what's more important to that child than their mother and somebody hurting their mother is obviously going to be traumatic yeah. for a child. You know, they're, they're traumatised if someone does something to the teddy bear. But can you imagine someone doing something to their mother? Of course that's going to stick with you. Yeah. Rum, you're quite close to your dad, aren't you? I am, yeah, I am. Uh, we've, got a, we've, got a, we've got a good relationship. I'd say it's like quite, you know, when we were younger, it was quite a traditional relationship. So as in a traditional Indian relationship, right? So we went to everything we went to our mum for everything, even though she was the stricter one out of the two. Um, We still went to her for stuff that we needed. But then, you know, as I got older, um, I guess we, I guess what I'm, what what the Will Smith article made me think about was that he said that his dad was present, but he was a bully and Mm -hmm. violent, but he was at every game and he was at, mm-hmm. and I found that quite profound actually. I just thought that, yeah, there's many present dads. It's not all about, you know, s- single parent families. There's many dads who are present who are also doing damage, right? They're not, they're not, it doesn't mean they're present and perfect. It's they're present and, and, and violent and present and abusive and, you know, present and fantastic and, and, all, and all of that. And I think that was what got me more than, you know, when I, when I read it, I was like, oh gosh, yeah, you know, I hadn't never thought about it like that. So my dad was very much, very much present. And, you know, uh, and, but then I think that the emotional part of the relationship, like opening up and talking to, that's all come from like us, that's come from our side, that's come from the kids, like me and my two brothers, and pulling things out of him. He was there physically, and he Mm. was there to provide and put Mm -hmm. food on the table, and he did all of those, he did the jobs he needed to do, but I think emotionally, he wasn't there when we were younger, and it's not as if like he 
we missed out. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I did miss out on something. I don't know. It's not as if like I blame him for it. I just don't think he got it. He didn't, he didn't have a great relation. Well, he had a very different relationship with his, with his own parents. Right. So mm. he, they were very young in this country. They spent long periods by themselves and, you know, he was with yeah. his siblings and his parents, you know, my grandparents were back home. And, and I don't think that he ever got that sort of emotional connection with his parents. And so, he, and I, and I know this now, cause like you're older, you're in your early forties and you, mm. and you think about these things, but 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have known any better. Right. And you might've thought, Oh, you know, why, why everything's perfect but just that one little thing you know what why is that not quite there and then now i understand that you know he just didn't get that himself i think so didn't, yeah but, but then i can we can now we've done something about it right it just means that the onus is more on us and when you sort of start picking and asking questions and then the floodgates open and then it's so it's been you know it's luckily for me i've had lots of great chats about you know his young days and us when we were young and you know what he's been through and mm. you know his story and and I think that's helped I think that's helped but mm. yeah definitely when we were younger a more traditional relationship um but then I think we've had to work with work harder and that's all right you know that's fine yeah. you're not not complaining but that, um, that's like a lot of Indian dads though isn't it that is a yes yeah. I've explained a lot of Indian dads no you have and, <laughs> and my dad yeah, go on. But I was gonna say my dad's quite sentimental. Um, so he he's very sentimental, whereas my mom's not. He's probably more emotional, whereas my mom's not. My mom's always busy doing things, whereas my dad's busy being more sentimental and, and <laughs> telling us about how he used to do sentimental. things. <laughs> and how he used to do this and how they used to do this, and we know all those stories. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. Storyteller. So my dad's, you know, my dad's similar like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know so a lot about his childhood and everything. Yeah, and and and, and it's it's nice. Yeah, it is nice. I don't think I get that possibly from him in that sense. That interest in your in my ancestry and everything, whereas nobody else is interested in my family background ancestry. Um, but it's interesting what you get. But I think to have something to be able to identify with your with your parents, with your father or your mother, it's it's really really important. And I think that's probably my strongest connection because I know he's interested in his ancestry, and so am I. Mm. Um, but you know, you've got to find something that connects you. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that is your responsibility yeah. as well, um, especially as you get older and you get busier. Um, and you realize they're just people as well they're just, they're they just are. People. They are. but <laughs> but when but you're young they're not right they're everything to you they're just like they're everything you know but they are they have flaws and you know they have their own baggage and as busy parents though i do think you know that there's certain traits that we associate with busy parents where they you know they're busy lots of us have that whole keeping up with the joneses thing and mm -hmm. you know they're busy doing their thing and yeah. there is that detachment growing up and it takes a long time to establish sometimes that relationship and it's sad that it happens then but I, I've been lucky enough to watch friends who have grown up really close to their parents and go, oh, that's quite unusual you know but it's not unusual it's quite normal but in Asian families or South Asian families sometimes it wasn't at that age you know um seeing your dad kiss your mum uh before what, they went to what yeah, what? Oh, yeah exactly what was that about <laughs> yeah seeing your dad and seeing your friend's dad like kiss everybody good night before he went upstairs kind of thing at the end of the night you're like oh that's cute you know it's like so that was really unusual for me but i'll be like yeah oh that's you know but that's not the norm in that wasn't the norm i mean don't know if it is now but that wasn't the norm in the south asian family but that's something oh. that i learned and will take forward you know I am that kind of person. Mm. I think there are, you know, there are traits in South Asian families when it comes to parent-child relationships. But I do think, and I had to say this the other day, that lots of South Asian parents do want to control their kids. There has been, you, you don't want to give them your independence so quickly. And that is that ho whether it is overprotectiveness or using that as an excuse. I don't know. There's lots of reasons. But, I, you know, what I did say to somebody... Well, just like two days ago was that um, 
you know, as a, you're blessed to be a parent, you're a, you've been given guardianship of, yeah, a, of yeah. a life that you've been allowed to create. It's not for you to control. Mm. So, you know, there's, it's, you know, it's to see it as a blessing. And I don't think they see it as that. It's that they own the kids sometimes almost. And that's where sometimes yeah. I think resentment can, can settle in. Yeah. And I mean, I try and remind myself, even like when I see my kids doing like dumb things, I'm like, oh my God, like, why would you do that? And, and then I need to remind myself, like, you are their guide, be a guide. So, and, and I have, and you have to actually let them do the dumb things, right? You know, uh, be their guide. I want, I, I say to them sometimes, I really wouldn't advise you to do that. Just letting you know, don't do this thing, right? Okay, you've done the thing. Oh, well, you know, you live and learn, right? So I have to say, you know, that's what I but kind of... You learn from myself. making mistakes, right? You learn this from making mistakes. As long as they learn, as long as they learn. As long as they right? learn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, exactly. True, and true. Uh, with my dad, I feel like, you know, I had a good relationship with him and stuff, but then I think that, you know, that whole controlling thing of, oh, you should really be an accountant. This one should be this. You should do this. Like, do you know what I mean? very pushy pushy like oh this person oh my god yeah you were going to be an accountant once upon a time I forgot that yeah <laughs> and it's like I didn't even understand what the hell I was doing anyway like I, I, I literally because the first year of our course right we all did the same course so the first year of yeah. our course I was on the accountancy and finance one yeah I marks in the accounting module and I was like I hate it it's dry as hell what am I doing and then my dad like he still even after I graduated said oh she's graduated in accountancy and finance I'm like I didn't do it actually because I changed because I hated it like he just really <laughs> really wanted me to do Denial. that yeah, Denial. Denial. I got my first did you remember when I got my first business cards when I worked for Barclays oh yeah I'm so yeah. proud he like came, and we came into the office and just took loads of them and then Obviously. he went, <laughs> Come on, we went yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you know how people go to strip clubs and have those guns that you shoot out yeah. boats. Your dad did that with your business cards on the street. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, my dad would as well if I worked for a bank. But I think these are the things. It's like, you know, and then it's like the guilt that you think, oh, I, I just, I wanted to make my dad proud. But you know how long it took me to stop thinking I haven't made my dad proud? Um, like 37 or something. 37 oh yeah like, like literally then I kind of freed myself from it a little bit like you know because he'd be like um oh you know so and so they're millionaires because their sons and daughters are doing this or this person's done this and all this like you know like he still supported me and stuff but I felt like you know I knew that he kind of had wanted me to marry this kind of person be an accountant do this have set things you know those set things um, they want you to tick, the tick those boxes and right stuff. And, I, and I think you know, but but I, I I don't want to be too mad at my dad for doing this because I know that a lot of Asian parents were doing that. And I think that, you know, he was there. He was there and he still is there, you know, and he was a provider and everything. And also he was, you know, I get a lot of things like, I think, um, optimism because, like, he'll always be an optimism to the point of... Constant optimist. Yeah, to dad. the point of unrealistic at times. But then my mom's <laughs> like the opposite, like, oh, no, you know. So I'm like kind of be in the middle a little bit but you know that's a good thing I think that's a good thing you know um and I, I like it and, and we used to have uh, even when I was at uni and I used to phone home and then if my mum picked the phone up it'd be like oh yeah you're right have you eaten your food yeah great doing your work okay bye my dad would be like oh so what's up then and like just laughing about things and stuff and and you know this whole thing about um the generational cycle my dad always told us that his dad was his best friend his dad was his best friend, right? And they were very wow, open, so nice. talked about things, mm. laughed about things. So that's what he knew of being a dad, right? Um, and he had those nice, loving relationships in his life with his grandma, for example, you know. So that I think he took that and uh, he kind of wanted to be like that a little bit as well. As, as much as he was like pushy-pushy, he was quite jokey and fun and stuff and, and also wanted us to have a nice time and talk us to places and everything so so you know it's nice but even you know like Will Smith even right he has also said that a lot of the things like in his career stuff like working towards stuff he's learned that from his dad his dad's ex-military guy you know mm. so he's obviously um it doesn't excuse any violence or whatever but course, I'm just yeah. saying he obviously had some kind of a work ethic that he then passed on to him as well because he credits his dad for that you know 
Um, also, like, I just want to touch on um, relationships as well, like, in terms of romantic relationships with us, with women, especially. Do you think that it sets the standard, like, for what you want in a man and a relationship from your dad and the way he was with you and, and also the way that he was with your mom? What do you guys think? Oh, I don't know. Like people always say that, don't they? Or oh, you mm. look for your for, look for your dad in your, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't think I was. I think obviously you have an idea of 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 what you know of what this sort of what a perfect you know mother and father and children and what that sort of dynamic looks like. But do you go actively go out and seek it? Oh, I don't think I did. Um, I don't know, but I can see like when Adele said in her, in her article that, you know, that she, in her interview that she, you know, she, that the, the effect on her was that, you know, she didn't, she didn't get any attention from her dad or it was like sort of negative attention. And so she felt that from a male person, perhaps she was never going to get that or never to expect that sort of you know, loving relationship that she, that that anyone would expect her to have. So yeah, it does affect people. Personally, me, I don't think, I don't think so, but um, I can see how, you know, it can negatively impact um, if you've I not had a good, it. you don't have good ma male role models in your life, then you don't know what you should be no. looking for, expecting what's good, what's bad. You kind of then have to learn all of that whereas if you're yeah. I guess if your dad's been around and it's been a positive relationship then you kind of know right like I think any treatment by male people like male role models in your life you know you yeah I, I don't know if you see is that don't people say if you see domestic violence in your home you're you're more likely to expect it to be done to you and or you know, I I, I don't know. I, don't I think know. having stuff like that sets that what you grow up with sets standards, and subconsciously, yeah. what you think, even though you might say to yourself, "I'll never accept that," you might still accept it and say, "Do you know? Sometimes it happens. It's okay. You make an excuse and sweep mm. it under the carpet. Mm. It's not okay." Mm. And I think um, that's really, really important. But it can go the other way. People come from really, really loving. I've seen people come from really, really loving families, but then no one meets their dad's standards. And yeah. they remain single. Gosh, There's that other, yeah. ex I've got so many people like that, where like, you know, nobody, nobody would treat them like their dad would. So it, it's like that. I mean, it's, an, it's that it's thing nice as well sometimes. That, I mean, it's nice in a way that, okay, I have been brought up with this standard because I've been treated like a queen from early on, right? That's It is actually nice, but I can see what you're saying. For me, I feel like, I will say one thing that I was heard, I felt heard in my house by my dad. Like, so my dad would do things like, um, oh, you know, we're going to, uh, thinking about going on holiday. Where should we go? What do you girls yeah. think? Do you want to go to Scotland? Do you want to go here? Do you want to go, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Or like, let's decorate the living room. What colour do you want? What should we do? Come on, let's go and choose these things. Like, so he would, I would feel like we were heard. Mm. Or he'd leave things to us, you know. Um, and then he, I think part of it was like when we got older, he couldn't bother with certain things. So he'd be like, we'd go out, we'd go out, right? Or we'd be on holiday. And he'd be like, here's the money. You just order food for everybody. He, could, he didn't even bother looking at the menu. I'd order it. And then, and then <laughs> sometimes he'd be like, why'd you order this for? And I'd be like, because you told me to order the food for everybody. Hello. So, you know, <laughs> but anyway, so you know what I mean? He gave us those responsibilities and things. And then he didn't talk to us. Like, obviously, we got shouted at and stuff, but he didn't speak to us in a disrespectful way. So, you know, I would always be like, well, my dad doesn't even talk to me like this. Why would I be with somebody who spoke to me in a disrespectful way? I've not been brought up yeah. spoken like that, spoken to like that by a man. So I'm just not going to take that. So I think that was there. Yeah, I think that does play a part. And I think it does depend. I think growing up, as long as you've got a father figure there, whether they're with your mum or not with your mum. If they listen to you, hear you out, make you feel like you're a positive person, make you, you know, make you feel good about yourself. That's what's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, I think with Will, the Will story, I mean, it is also difficult to see your father do something awful. 
and not let that affect you. Um, but then at the end of the day, you know, he didn't act on what he did. It's feeling. And he'd probably have that feeling towards anybody that did that to his mum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that didn't really, that, that didn't really, I don't think, I don't, it didn't really shock me. No, he had I, I think that's a human, I think that was a human response to something that mm. we'd all feel. Yeah. I mean, I've seen my parents argue and it hasn't been great. They Like this whole thing of parents holding hands, kissing each other and stuff. I don't know yeah. anything like that's not, but that wasn't my world. Right? <laughs> yeah. That was not my world. I do, I do see affection, not physical affection, not like, you know, but, words but, but definitely, affe- yeah, but definitely affection as in like, you know, you know, their affection would have been, you know, my dad making my mum a cup of tea or, you know, she's, I don't know, putting, I, Lean yeah, on his I mean, legs or that. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. But then stuff like that. Yeah. But, but some nothing. couples did like show affection. Like it was I remember once something yeah, everyone would have been going hi hi. Yeah, I've I've had it, yeah, there's a lot of that, but I remember once my one of my aunts turned up with a hickey. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And it was just like, would you let what did you do? Would you ask her no, it's like, obviously, but that's obviously a clear sign of affection, you know, at the end of the day. And, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, what's wrong with that? They're a couple, they're married, they're happy, they're whatever, you know, you do what you want. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like the kind of, it's a positive, and for me, that's positive for their kids. Yes, it is. Sometimes I think to it's myself. It's healthy and positive for their kids. Definitely. Right? I sometimes do think, because I feel like I'm quite affectionate with, you know, me and Tony are quite affectionate and in front of the children as well. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I wonder what it's like growing up for them with the parents who hug and kiss each other randomly. Because I yeah. never knew what that was like. like never I wonder saw what that. it's like. Yeah. 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 Mm. You know. We don't, I mean, some, peop- some people would make a point of doing that. But we don't generally because, you know, we just, I don't know. We just, it's just normal. <laughs> it's just normal to do that anyway. I don't yeah, make a point to give no, no, it's normal. Yeah. The hug and the kiss. No, it's, it's normal. normal. And the, yeah, that's different from when obviously when we grew up. But also then, you know, I do push the girls more to sat as well. I do say, as in like, you know, if they've got an issue, I'll be like, oh, you know, daddy always has good ideas. Go talk to daddy. And I do make sure that they spend sort of equal time. Because otherwise it is overwhelming for just one parent as well when you're mm. trying to cater for all their needs. And so I always say, look, I'm, ju- I'm just doing this right now, but perhaps daddy would have a really good idea and he does and I know he does because you know he he can solve things and he's you know he he always thinks of different ideas and 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 it's not always the way I would do things but it's you know it's fine it's it's and I do sort of sometimes I think well this you know this is good for him and I do want them to see and have more time with because that's that's the time I wouldn't have had with my dad like Mm. I never would have gone to my dad for only official stuff right like only like I'm applying for this official school or I'm applying for this like (laughs) college and you know all that kind of stuff but anything else I would have gone to my mum you know Mm. um my my kids think that um their dad is really harsh like you know if he's if he's telling them off or giving them advice they, they, they're like oh, oh my god daddy he's just so oh you know because the way no they can't take it I think when they get older they'd be like oh yeah I appreciate this he's not like Will Smith's dad military style you know whatever but I guess he is a little bit like that um my dad's know. a bit old school I'm gonna say and um my youngest brother is quite young and we're in the middle of an extension at home and they can't see eye to eye on anything. And I think sometimes my dad's so set in his ways that he can't acknowledge that my brother, who is also in a trade, knows better. And that pride sets in and that damages yeah, the ego. relationship. Mm-hmm. That male ego. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, I think that sometimes with fathers, especially South Asian fathers, it can really like and I'm so worried I'm like oh god every night I'm just gonna come home check the work and gonna be like what the hell is this but <laughs> and it's like oh hell's gonna break loose and yeah it's quite a stressful period when you're doing renovations to a house mm, anyway yeah yeah um but yeah but just things like that you know sometimes um that old school South Asian thing where you know your father's always knew best because everything passed down from father to son father to son 
but times have changed. Your sons are mm. sometimes no better than fathers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a hard thing for South Asian parents, especially to take. Yeah, it is. I think. It is. Especially of a certain generation. Okay, so I just want to move on to talking about mystical, mystical Meg, mystical going mainstream. <laughs> so I just read this article the other day about how tarot has become a form of self-care for some people. And this article resonated with me because I know people who've gone into tarot now and they swear that it makes sense. And, you know, I guess um, also tarot, for, tarot for themselves or tarot reading for other people? Well, they have it done for themselves and they're learning how to do it for other people as well. And just people who you wouldn't have thought come out and be like, oh, well, you know, I went to get my tarot cards done and whatever. And, and I think that um, in, I've read a couple of articles, right, how the rise has been even more dramatic during this pandemic. And I mean, you know, I don't know if that's because it's a tool for making sense of what is going on in our lives, you know, just gaining new perspectives, a way of doing that. But basically, it's no longer considered something that is occult. It's uh, becoming a mainstream thing. Like, so I just wondered, like, is this something that you guys would do, you know, tarot cards, astrologer, palm reading? And, and you know, do you think that it would focus your mind or do you think, no, 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 I'm not going into that? I, 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 did, I did palm reading and I... I I've done tarot cards, I think. I think, you know, I've done all that when I was younger, you know, while we were at uni. Did we not did we not do that while we were at uni? Lots of you guys well, did. I never I never did anything because sensible. I refused to have my so, hands read and stuff. Listen, very sensible, yeah, because I, like an idiot, I'm still haunted by it. <laughs> no, 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 I don't, I, don't, I don't think, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys before. I don't know if I have because I kind of just openly admitted it recently, as in, admitted to myself and maybe a couple of other people that when we were at uni a certain guy who apparently knew how to do palm reading at your flat right finding your uni <laughs> read my hand okay why is that reading still imprinted in my head I just wish that I never did that and it's like okay it hasn't ruined my life or anything but one of the things that he he said was you know oh you're gonna find somebody uh one day that you mentally and physically really match with you know and now and in my head I'm like oh I found that because my husband's like that yay this is true and then um other things and then oh the line of work that you go into you're really going to be passionate about it but you might not get uh what was it the recognition for doing it or success or something like that and and you know what like sometimes that comes back to me that does come back to me you know I feel like I'm on a uh a upward kind of climb to carving out a career for myself I'm still there after having kids and breaks and whatever and sometimes I do think I'm like oh my god was that true then like what like am I not going to get recognition for the things that I'm doing even though I like what I'm doing how stupid I, I don't really want that incident to have this control was another, this what? was another student it wasn't an I know it was. And why am I exactly. still like remembering this like an idiot? Then, <laughs> then his hand, then his hand started shaking, and then he walked out the door because I don't know. I think he might have like liked me or something. I'm not quite sure, but I think so, right? This you guys said that to me anyway. But listen, why does that still come into my head? Uh, it really shouldn't. I'm gonna. Somebody told me. I told somebody else's, and they would write it on a piece of paper and burn it to kind of just make it go away. Okay, it's not like my whole life is, is bound by that, but I'm just saying it's uh, these things can come into your head like, oh, but you know, this tarot card is pulled out for me, and I was told this. Somebody said this. Somebody said this about my my the you know my planetary alignment or whatever when I was born. You get it. So how do you feel about this? Because you obviously haven't had anything like that done. So I haven't had anything like that done, but I have to say, um, since the confession of the perpetrator and a half years ago somebody else arranged two tarot readings for me so I, I somebody else arranged them and, and just to quickly uh, just jump in but if you know people who are listening um there we'll talk about your story and the things that you went through in a in another episode and um I'm going to shout out the podcast at the end of this but anyway so carry on <laughs> Um, so yeah, and I was like really cynical first of all. This is just be open-minded. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it against anything against your faith. And you know, I went and did that. And at the end of the day, I just listened. And for me, it was just words of wisdom. 
Um, it wasn't predicting my future. It was just a case of somebody threw the cards and I respect that those, that those cards were almost to that person, like their faith and their religion. Mm. And, but they gave me advice whether I wanted to take it or not. Um, and I think it's just guidance. And for me, um, my faith obviously is important to me. And it, it's like, without undermining like the, the importance of this to me, it's like taking a hukum number for some people. So again, getting, you know, taking your hukum number every morning and going by your hukum number from Guru Granth Sahib, or when you're like, when you're struggling with a question, like I'll take a hukum number. So what, for, some, for people that don't know what that is, what is for that? people? So that's taking guidance. You do a das, you know, you say what you want, and then you take um, a passage of guidance from Guru Granth Sahib Ji. And, um, yeah, a and that's supposed opening. to guide you. It's a random it's a random, it. it's a random, mm-hmm. uh, random opening. So that's your guidance. And um, for me, like how I see tarot for people who really believe in tarot, that's how I feel that they use tarot. It's not about predicting your future. It's about giving you guidance. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I accepted that that's the person that done that for me mm-hmm. because they wanted to offer me some kind of guidance or a path because for how they saw me and what I'd gone through they were like you must be all over the place um and you know I, I can only say thank you um but you know at the end of the day there was nothing bad because they're not predicting my future it's guidance so and it's focusing yeah. your mind isn't it it's just sort of focusing yeah it's just you know if you're you know if you're looking for some sort of guidance or spiritual guidance or you want answers to questions and all that kind of stuff. I mean, stuff like that palm reading, tarot reading. It just allows you to just. I suppose it just what I I would think is just cut the crap and just try and focus on perhaps the first place to focus is what maybe what they're telling you or the guidance that they're giving you, and then you can kind of sort of attach what you want to that you will your mind does right like you said you somebody gives you some vague piece of guidance and then you're going to attach what you can to that and and mm. and then sort of go mm. down that road aren't you i think yeah yeah i like, don't i it's, it's again like you know when you asked at the top you know it's not something i would look to do now um did it when i was younger never really but it, it, it but it does stick with you you don't you never forget what they people say right you, you never forget what, what i don't like about it, it. I yeah, have so even yeah. the tarot readings that I've had, I've totally forgotten what I've been told. It's good, so, but that's for me. I think that's always been quite intrinsic for me. But what stuck with me, like recently, I took one of my friends passed. I had three friends who were really unwell and probably like kind of fighting for their life unwell. And you know, I was just took a hook up number and it scared me. And I mm. knew I couldn't change it. That was my guidance from my guru, and that's what it was. And then, but the next day, obviously, I did my das again and took another hukum number and it was a similar thing. And, you know, that is, for me, I accepted that. And that's, that's my faith, right? Um, and unfortunately, we did lose one of those friends. Um, but the guidance had pointed me out from Gurbani to say that, you know, death is inevitable. So it wasn't saying to me that's going to happen, but the guidance was death is inevitable to all of us. We all need to accept that it happens, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's that's something we will have, every day we will have to accept in our lives. But it was just quite poignant for mm. me that that happened at that point in time. So I don't know. I mean, you put your question out there to the universe, to yeah. God, and you know maybe somebody does listen. Maybe somebody does respond in some some way. Um, and that's what tarot. I end from what I understand of tarot because I'm not like you know it's not something I would do. Um, it's not something mm. I would say, I'm going to have my tarot cards read today or let me just take some guidance from tarot because I don't. I go to the Gurdwara <laughs> or I, you know, I'll take the Hukam yeah. Nama. That's what I'll do. But do you but, think it helped you, though, the Hukam Nama, and especially at that time when you opened it and read that, did it help you? I knew I'd prepare myself for something and I knew I had to be strong. But I used to, like, even throughout the abuse, I used to go to the Gurdwara every day and for the other person. Who I was talking to, who I thought was going through crap, I would take the hukam number and send it, translate it, and send it every day to give that person guidance and strength. Um, for me, that's my faith, and that's important to me. Um, yeah. But, but I, I can understand. 
Yeah, I can understand. And, and, and by the way, I never thought of the Hukumnama like that, actually. And, and he, you know, that is, it's random, it's, you know, it's your... I never thought of it like that, but um, which is nice. But um, I can understand, though, that why it's on the rise and why it's becoming mainstream and, and, and that kind of stuff. Because people, maybe perhaps people are, people who aren't necessarily religious, um, you know, I think... I think Christianity, I think, you know, that's, you know, that's kind of falling, you know, the religious, the amount of religious people in the West, I suppose. I mean, that's a big generalization. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's not, yeah, not as popular. And people still need, it doesn't mean that people don't need some sort of spiritual guidance. And maybe people have latched on to these sorts of things to sort of, to give them guidance. And that's, fantastic if it's helping them and, and 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 it's positive and but i'm sure there's obviously downsides to um all these things as well you know i wouldn't say i'd never do it again i would but it would be it'd be more like a curiosity yeah like a fun <laughs> like a fun like you know oh let's just see what they say and and then yeah. but then i know also that if they if it if it wasn't good then i'd be like oh my god okay so perhaps i don't know this is the I'm probably I'm too flippant. I'm too flippant about it. I guess I'm too so flippant I, about it. I'm, I think I'm I've, always, I've always been brought up to be like guided by my faith, and yeah. that's it. And I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why I never have my hand read because no one can predict the future. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I agree, and I, I feel like I wouldn't do anything like that. I wouldn't do anything like that again, like the, that incident. So you don't believe in like, gun, what about Gundalis and all that kind of no, stuff? No, no. And, and even, even, no. even my, my family, like, you know, like obviously you know that we're from a, like a multi-faith family, like Hindu and uh, Hindu Sikh and, and Christianity, it was a part of my upbringing. But then on the Hindu side, my dad was like, oh, forget it. We don't believe in anything like that. Just forget it. Just believe in God. He was a very much like, just believe in God just believe in God, don't worry about any of this stuff, right? So I, I wouldn't, I never have, and I would never do that. I'm not interested in as it. Like teenager, I feel like, yeah. Though, like, you know, when you're growing up as a teenager and the horoscopes and that kind of stuff, it was something that was interesting to me. And I remember having a whole horoscope book and all that kind of stuff and understanding mm. like the planets and this and that. And all of this now, like even crystals, the use of crystals and things, that whole thing but crystals I I like for some reason crystals right I there's something about crystals which makes sense to me right and I think it's because I feel like it might be like scientific a little bit and like I don't know if you guys probably don't know this but like uh years ago we went on a family trip to Glastonbury like what like you know who does that (laughs) Not for the not for the actual Glastonbury festival to the town and to random things in the town of Glastonbury. Okay. Exactly, this is one of my dad's my dad's crazy ideas. Let's all let's all go to Glastonbury. So okay, so we went to Glastonbury, right? So then we went to this I don't know what this like uh, trade fair thing. But anyway, so then I ended up speaking to this woman a lot about crystals. Got some crystals, cleansed the crystals, did all this stuff, and then uh, I think when I had kids, the kids chuck the crystal somewhere so I don't know where the hell they are but I want to get I, I do want to get like some clear quartz or something like that just to kind of I feel like uh you know it would be a nice thing to kind of focus the mind a little bit more but I I've just been reading about it and the fact that because crystals are apparently like one of the most stable things in the world we are not stable human beings are very nature the way we're made up but crystals they're the way that they are their composition is the most stable things and I don't know anyway I could go into it but yeah I don't know something about that just makes sense and I think if there was an alternative thing that I would probably do again it might be that it is something that in the last in the last you know especially during lockdown has increased yeah um you know even like you go to accessorize they've got their crystal range now you go to you know all all of that kind of stuff it's everywhere in your faces now whereas it's always been there yes it's always been there i remember once somebody randomly came up to me and mood rings yeah (laughs) mood rings yeah (laughs) but but somebody randomly once just came up to me and said here's a stone keep this next to you keep this next to your skin and I was like, it was just so random. She just came up to me and she goes, I saw something on your back is what she said to me. And some things attached to you. And I was like, okay. But yeah, I don't, I don't find myself freaking out about that kind of stuff. 
No, not if you will. Like you're quite strong in your faith, so I think that's a. I mean, it's freaky. Something's on your back, but then if you, yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah. What once um, I was on Oxford Street, right, and this Sardar came up to me, and uh, I don't know if where he was from, India, or wherever. But then he was like, "Oh, well, I'm a face reader. Your face is saying this to me, or your forehead is a bit like this." And then he says something to me, and then he was like, "Oh, when you pray, your mind is like a butterfly. It's all over the place." And then I was like, oh, my God, my mind is like a butterfly when I pray. You know, so <laughs> I remember Who's that. Who's isn't? Yeah. Who's isn't? <laughs> oh, thank you. That makes it feel better. Um, no, so who's isn't? I sit there and go, oh, my God, my mind's wandering. Please help me focus. But, you know, what would you please help me focus? And then okay, start doing what I need to do to do that. So I think lot, lots of people's mind wanders when they're praying. And that's why they talk about it in lots of mm. religions, about your mind wandering when you're trying to play, pray, focus on what you need to do. It, you know, I think... In general, right, I just feel that we as human beings, we have this desire to be connected to something that is larger than ourselves. Not everybody, but a lot of us do, whether that is religion or these alternative things or whatever it is, because there is a fear of the unknown. You know, this world is a big place. And I just think that the feeling of feeling safe, you know, feeling safe and even that, OK, there is an unknown, but we can deal with it. So sometimes you it's, need to... it's just making sense of it, isn't it? Yeah, really, and just using yeah. all these different mediums to make sense of of, like of, of what's going on. Yeah, it's like Durkheim's theory: society is God. Hmm. Religion's man-made. God is society. We create hmm. everything around society. You know, we need things to rationalize things and feel comfortable. We have rituals, etc., to make us feel good. We have funerals to you know yeah. come together and comfort each other but we pray to god you know so do you, be do you believe in do you believe in the like people as in like people and some like tarot readers or palm readers and the psychics and 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 things like that do you feel do you uh, do you think that some people are just more spiritual and more open to stuff like that from the afterlife than say me because <laughs> i'm not <laughs> because I, like, I think like just you know like by watching all these films and stuff you kind of just think oh they're all like you know con artists and whatever right and sometimes <laughs> you're just like oh okay right yeah maybe maybe you know who that I feel like who the hell am I to say anything about what people can tap into and stuff you know so good. I, yeah one thing I will not do is I don't let my mind go wander in any kind of like black magic this, that, jadu tuna, oh my God, God yeah. I can't eat this at this person's house because they've done this to it. Like any shit like that, I will not go there. Even um, man, I'm an yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like people, I joke about another, oh my God, someone's put another, yeah. I don't really give a shit, right? I don't really, I don't, you know, I just kind of don't let my mind go there. I won't. But whether people can tap into some, other kind of things out there or they're more spiritual or they get signs that we don't get maybe I don't know I, I mean I do believe in something like that because in Bibani it does talk about sons you don't know who is a son you know we talk we give sons names at the moment you know sons this and something but you just don't know who is a true saint on this earth no you don't and yeah, not, my mum's my quite spiritual like that like she not spiritual but she she has feelings and she has like you know she'll say like after the fact she was like oh yeah you know i had a dream or um it's just, i've made it sound really corny but she's really open i feel like how you know she's really i don't know whether to, like, receptive yeah yeah and my is the same as well. yeah my mossy is the same she's also sort of you know very open-minded and she you know she's into sort of sort of spiritual she has all the crystals and she loves mm. her reiki and she's you know she's mm. very peace with herself and she's very wise and she you know she's the person I'd go to if I wanted sort of yeah that kind of advice you know and she's and and so yeah I, I some people I, I do believe that I do believe some people are more not psychic but just, they they yeah. have some sort of connection that you know I really don't have. I, I got, I'm with my dad on that. <laughs> I just, um, just very two D. <laughs> one of my sisters, like my my middle sister, 
um she's always like oh I've, I've got a feeling about this or oh, no I've got a yeah I, I don't have to the point that. where it's intuition. My, my it's little, intuition I think it is intuition but but it's to the point where my little sister will be like oh I was thinking of doing this and that or like you know this guy I'm not sure like what's your feeling about it what's your feeling about it like literally will phone her about her feeling about the situation before she does anything sometimes oh wow yeah that's you know um you know it's very important to her what's what's your feeling about this and even sometimes I'm like what's your feeling about it but so we we yeah I'm gonna start calling Ritu yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) these are my six numbers what's your feeling (laughs) even sometimes (laughs) yeah go on go on no, I was just going to say that I find that a lot of people who are slightly unhinged, shall we say, in general, in, no, I'm not, I don't I want to put, I'm trying to say this in a nice way. Eccentric. Eccentric people, people who just, they're a bit all over the place. Sometimes that you just, you kind of write them off as, you know what, you're a bit of a nutcase. They come out with stuff which is like so profound and a lot of the time you don't want to actually believe what they're saying because you're like, but you're a bit centric and you're all over the, all over the place. But yeah, truly, just, I think... We disregard it, don't we? We disregard yeah. it. But truly, I think, because their brain works in a different way, they're able to tap into certain things that most people who are so rigid in their thinking, they don't see. I truly believe that. I'm telling you. That's Madam What's-Her-Name in Harry Potter, right? Who? Ma- the one who could... What's her name? The tea leaves one. But, yeah. I've gone blank. I know Harry Potter at the back of my hand, but... It's Emma Watson, right? Emma, yeah. is it Emma, no, Emma not Emma Watson. Watson. No, no, no. Emma Watson's Hermione. Oh, sorry, Emma Thompson. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. So, no, <laughs> she's all over the place, but she does have that connection. Yeah, yeah. And, and I yeah. people like that. You know, I, I do That's know stereotype. like that. Pe- like, it is a stereotype, and it's one of those characters that they, I'll probably write that character in a book at some point. But I'm saying that it's actually true because I really feel like some part of them is just it functions a little bit differently or they might see things about people or they'll say things about people oh no there's something about her there's something about this person you know and you're like oh yeah yeah you're a bit crazy anyway and then it's it's true so I don't know I just I think that there are different people and the way that our minds work are different we can tap into different things I just think them the mind is a very powerful thing Mm. yeah I think it is about the mind and it being powerful and whether it's open or closed but it's also about how your brain processes signals as well, subconsciously. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. If you process things differently, you're feeling things, then if you're processing things that other people aren't processing, you're going to have more intuition, shall we say. Yeah, that's very true. That's true. Um, okay, ladies, I'm just going to quickly talk about the last thing, right? Working from home, right? So just quickly want to touch on uh... because that what is that okay are you a fan what does that mean what (laughs) is that a no for you are you a fan or not i want to get out of my house i am sick of working at home i am sick of it i used to love it used to love it pre-pandemic and now i just need to get out uh i just have i just you know I, i do get out and i do i get to go out once a week and that i love that day I love that day because, you know, I'm not here to do all the other stuff. You know, I just, I, it's just a melding of work, but a housework, work, but a housework. And I, I just feel like my, I, Sat works from home has always, actually not always worked from home, but he's worked from home from a long time, but he is, he will just work and he won't come, he'll come downstairs for a tea break and he won't do anything else. He'll just work until six o'clock You'll literally stay up there till six o'clock and not come out of his room. And then he's off work and then he's doing stuff. I can't do that. I am doing everything all at the same time. And maybe that's why my mind is a mess. But um, I, that's just how I work. That's just how I work, right? So I'll be thinking about dinner at lunchtime and I'll be putting laundry on. And, mm. you know, I'm looking at this now, looking that the windows need cleaning and the shutters are really dusty. And, Stop. you know, I'm just looking at stuff all the time and I just can't get away. And the days I'm out, I'm like, I'm working. I'm a working person. I'm on a train. I've got to go into a meeting and I'm going to talk about those things, you know, adult things and not stupid house things. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. But 
a strong reaction. That is a strong reaction. This is why I, I wanted to talk about it though, because you know I was reading this news article that how obviously working at home has been more popular for women for quite a while, right? Because of childcare and things like that. But the fact that women are missing out, because even though... Yeah, I feel trapped more, by it now. Yeah, more men are working from home now because of the pandemic and stuff. And some people have just dispensed with office spaces at all now. They don't have it now, right? So they're saving money that way. Um, but if a woman works from home, it's like you. You are the typical example, okay? You're trying to balance everything. When the kids were at home and they were homeschooling, then it was homeschooling as well. That is a lot, yeah. right? Some dads still did help with that. Some dads yeah. still barricade themselves in their room, did their work, okay? Um, you know, so it's just a lot. And the fact that, I don't know what it is, but like, it's just not men, even if they're working from home, like I said, it's different. But that whole going into the office and seeing people milling around, networking, being up for promotion because the people have seen your face, we are going to miss out on that now. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, because I, I, I do think that there is some, I do think it's important to show your face in an office if you have an office or to, you know, to see people in real life, to have that networking and stuff, those kind of coffee break moments and whatever. Kiddos, what do you think? You're about to say something. <laughs> oh, you're on, you're on mute. You muted yourself. Hello, can you hear me? Hi. Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I had a coughing fit a few seconds ago. That's why I probably put myself <laughs> on mute. Um, um, but yeah, so I, I think it absolutely depends. I've got lots of like lots of different ways. So when I was the, la- the latter part of my harassment, um, I was working half a day from home and still going in. But my manager yeah. was brilliant. I'd make myself available to go in when I needed to. Mm-hmm. But I worked from the office in the morning and come up home in the afternoon to work from home because that's what I needed to do um and but my manager was brilliant because he went on my performance only and my performance was still brilliant um and I think in that sense it does really depend on what your manager thinks and how engaged and how much you talk to them so even though I was working from home in the afternoon Mm -hmm. um I would still be on the phone, available, whatever. And if I needed to be in there for a meeting, it wasn't like, no, I'm not going in. I'd be in there. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. But I think I've been like self-employed for a long time. I've worked as a freelance for a long time. Mm. So prior to the pandemic, I was working from home predominantly. And I go out and see clients on site as and when needed, which is needed because that's when you get out and see people. <laughs> yeah. But when I... Prior to the pandemic, no one at home respected that I'm working from home. I was just doing nothing. Anybody could call me whenever they wanted for something. And about people in, I, the in the house or even other extended family would just call me, assuming that I didn't work because I was working from home. So I yeah. must be able to just do anything, mm. take everybody to their appointments, do whatever, you know, and then also expect the house to be clean because yeah. it was a pressure on me because obviously everybody else was out. And then, if possible, food to be cooked. If I was out and out for the day with a client and came home, nobody would expect that. Exactly. So I had this thing that on a Friday, even if I was working from home, I would always make sure the house is totally clean for the weekend. So I would spend two or three hours every Friday before lockdown when nobody was home cleaning. So nobody would have to do any like big cleans, cleans over the weekend. Everyone could relax, mm-hmm. right? So that whole thing. But now when the pandemic came, suddenly everybody realised what it was like to work from home. And I felt like everybody who did work from home before that suddenly got a bit more respect. And my mum now works from the living room dining table. You know, it, it's like my dad's upstairs. Everyone's in different places doing their thing. Only my youngest brother was going out to work still. But there was that sudden recognition of working from home isn't as easy as you think it is because there is all of that. And there suddenly there was a bit of bit more respect of me kind of actually you are working and you were doing that. Yeah. It's not so straightforward. Yeah. Now my I, mom's I, working I, from home. Yeah, she does exactly I, what you do, Romy. Yeah. I know. And, and I think yeah. I think Sat has seen as well that how much you know, when, when he was out in the city and how much you do actually do with the pickups and the clubs and the this and then that, which we now we share. 
we share all of that because he's at home and he can, you know, he can just step away from his screen for 15 minutes to do a quick drop here and a quick drop there. And, and we both sit down and go, wow, you know, like this, I, and, and sometimes he, he acknowledges that I, I was doing all of that before, um, you know, and, and, and even though I want to get out of my house and because I'm doing lots of things, I'm also getting, I'm getting slightly more help as well, actually. Um, and recognition for the amount that, 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 that I was doing. Luckily, my job is flexible, so I can do it at all times of the day. And so I do catch up in the evening when the kids have gone to bed and all. That's sometimes not ideal as well. Like, no, like, I know. Like evening is kind of yours, isn't it? And, 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 and it's, it's not. not. It's not. No, nope. <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean. The yeah. thing is, the kids if you don't go to sleep anymore, it's another thing. It's <laughs> another podcast. Yes. Um, no, I just think that, um, like, personally, I think when you work from home, there has to be a, you have to switch off from things. Like, I try, I could, if I wanted to, I could very easily clean all day long. Do you know how messy people in this house are? Right? Yeah. You know, like, I'm telling you, it's, it's ridiculous. Do you know how much laundry there is? Do you know how much ironing? Mm -hmm. It's insane. Now, somebody would look at me and be like, oh, you're at home all the day. Yes, I'm working on my things and whatever. But they can be like, why is your ironing, ironing pile so high? Like, what the hell? Like, why have you got all these washing piles? I don't care because I'm not going to spend my whole day doing household tasks. I'm going to switch off from it because I've got other things to do and accomplish do you get what I mean? And I think that that's really yeah. important to switch up. If you have to, if you call it lowering your standards, okay, then I'm saying lowering, lowering your standards. Because, you know, I, I think, especially for women, like, I, a lot of men, not all men, can sit there in a shithole and produce the best work of their lives. We might be like, oh my God, we're sitting in a shithole. I can't, I can't focus. I, I need yeah. to sort things yeah, out a little bit. Yeah, I need to be clutter-free to focus. I, exactly. I clutter-free. So my space where well. I'm working has to be clutter-free. And that's really, really important for me. Otherwise, my head's all over the place. Yes. But the other thing, yeah. But the other thing is, I agree with you. You do have to develop a mindset, whereas like, I'm not doing this. I won't be cooking today. I won't be doing this. Mm. I am not going to get this done today for everybody else because I've got X, Y, Z on. And lockdown's actually given me a reason to be able to say that, whereas before it was never understood. Mm. Um, to say, you know, and to the point where like people's walking in and out of my room, obviously, like doing the work that I sometimes do, I'm obviously on Zooms or recording a lot of the time. And people, since yesterday, I've had to start locking my door because the signs on my door now are kind of obsolete. People were so used to the signs on my door saying recording in progress or whatever that they've started ignoring them. And still, when it's right up in front of their face, as they open the door, they still ignore it. So I've like, yeah. I'm just going to start locking my door now. And I have to point it out, like yesterday at five o'clock, I was still in a recording and I could hear the, you know, I've locked my door for the first time. And I'd said, don't finish till 5.30, please don't disturb me. And and these are grown adults, can you imagine? These are grown adults. Probably your mum no, just like, saying, Tia, Pinia, or something. They just don't stop. And I was like, why? You know I'm recording. I'm so glad I locked my door. I'm like, this is what you're making me do. It's like... Oh my God. Can, <laughs> we, can, we, can we for a second go back to the spiritual thing yes have you seen this the the the, the a lot on tiktok on instagram about the number but the time 11 11 oh yeah 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 no. yeah so i just you haven't okay so i just looked down on my phone and it was 11 minutes 11, past 11 right and so people believe that this is like an angel number and you're about to have like some sort of like spiritual awakening mm -hmm. i've seen it on who's I've, i can't remember whose instagram i've seen it on but i've seen it on i've seen in sort of the last sort of few months i've seen it on tiktok and i've seen it on a lot of people's um a lot of people's instagram and i just looked down on my phone now and it was 11 11 so i am waiting and will report it's back it's a yeah. my <laughs> report back. awakening yes do that got, yeah <laughs> um, okay ladies I am gonna leave it there because uh, we are running out of time and also uh, before we go um, I just want to first of all just uh, thank everybody for listening thank you guys obviously Romy and Kira. Uh if you want to get in touch you know Insta is the best place for that you can leave me a voice note if you want to I like voice notes um, at sisterhood on mommy imperfect or at Rena Dianable you can email me mommyimperfect at gmail.com um, so yeah just let me know your thoughts about this episode or any future episodes that you think that we should be doing but I just want to leave a couple of minutes because um, 
Gerrit, can you just quickly uh, do a little plug for the podcast that you, well, I was going to say feature in, but it, it is all about you and it's something that, you know, you've, you've kind of mentioned it uh, in previous podcasts, an experience that you had, um, that you were going through for a number of years, um, quite a difficult experience. Um, and now there's a, a podcast about it and we will speak about it obviously on this podcast, but where can people find out a bit more about that story? Um, so the pod, there's a podcast about the story being done by an investigative journalist called Alexi and Alexi's been brilliant because a story that I found so hard to tell myself and it's my story he's managed to tell it in a few episodes with um, and make it understandable in a different way um, and it's called Sweet Bobby um, it's available on all your usual podcast platforms in Spotify, on Apple, um, Acast, whichever ones you use, it, it's available. Um, and, or you can subscribe to Tortoise Media and get an episode a week in advance as well. So currently episode five will come out on all the, the usual um, podcast platforms this Thursday. Um, so it's a six part series and it's a live investigation. Yeah, so have a listen. Do have a listen to that, um, especially because like I said we will talk about it but I just think it's really good to kind of get a sense of the whole picture because it's not something that you could actually sum up in even like an hour really so that's why I think that this podcast mm. is is so you know they've just done a really good job of actually looking into what happened properly so yes yeah, sweet Bobby check that out tortoise media um and yeah that's it for us from this week until next week bye bye, bye. thank you bye